for checking out the Hope Culture Church podcast. To learn more and to stay connected, visit www.hopeculturechurch.com or follow us on social media at Hope Culture Church. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, good morning, Hope Culture Church. We're thrilled to have you with us this morning. We are in the middle of a message series called Different, and we are looking at the book of First Peter. First Peter, and Pastor Dan kicked off our series last week. If you missed it, you can catch it online. He talked about how do we have faith in the midst of trials. It was awesome. And so if you were here last week, you remember that we learned that Peter was writing this letter to a group of people that were severely persecuted sometime during the time of between 60 and 65 AD. And you know, Peter wrote this book during a time when there was a very evil emperor. His name was Nero, and he was causing all sorts of problems. He actually burned his own city down because of his lust for power, and he blamed it all on the Christians. He blamed his, um, his evilness on the Christians, and he persecuted Christians like no other man. He was very, very evil, and um, he blamed the Christians for it. So the Peter was actually writing to these Christians who were being persecuted, and he was essentially trying to give them some hope. And he gave them this idea again and again. He was essentially saying, this world is not your home. You are just passing through. You're citizens of heaven, but just residents of earth. You're residents of earth, but you're citizens of heaven. This world is not your home. And because this world is not your home, Peter said, God is calling you to be different And if you consider yourself a Jesus follower here this morning, you're called to be different as well. You'll have different values. You'll have different passions. You'll spend your time differently. You'll spend your resources differently. You'll be different as a parent. You'll be different as a spouse. You'll be different in the way that you work. God is calling us to be different. So I want to read to you this morning from 1 Peter chapter 1. You can turn with me if you brought your Bible. Or you can scroll there on your phone. It will also be on this screen. We're looking in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. And um, it says, Therefore, with minds that are fully alert, that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who calls you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each each person's work impartially, live out your time here as foreigners in reverent fear. Peter says, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Another version actually says, live out your time as temporary residents. In other words, this world is not your home. You have a different home. You're just passing through. You know, growing up um, as, you know, for family vacations, I grew up in the beautiful Michigan. What we'd often do during the summer is we would go camping. We would go camping and we were like real campers, like real campers. Um, we would like bring the flashlight, we'd bring our pop-up tent, we'd cook all of our meals over a fire, like real camping. None of this like glamping thing. Some of you are like glamping. Some of you know what that term is. It's a real word, glamping. It's a trend right now, glamorous camping. It was none of that. It was no RV, no camper, no trailer, like real tent camping, rain or shine. Um, are there any tent campers in the room, like true tent campers? Yes, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, and you know what? I was thinking like that is how we kind of need to approach life here. You know, we're just, we're just camping out for a minute. We're just passing through, right? We're, we're actually just setting up shop here. We're residents of earth, yes, but we're citizens of heaven. We're called to be different. You know, if you were born a U.S. citizen, you were born in the United States of America, you became a U.S. citizen when you were born, right? But when you were born again into the family of God, you became a citizen of heaven. So your citizenship changes actually when you become a part of God's family. And so the, the earth changes. This is just temporary, this is kind of our home away from home. And you know, the difference between my childhood camping experience and, and our experience here on earth is that we're really not on vacation. You know, God has some stuff for us to do while we're here. We have some mission. We have some purpose. Um, while we're here on earth, God is calling you to be different. You know, but the problem for so many of us in our culture today, and maybe even for some of you here this morning, is the greatest obstacle for us to really fully follow follow Christ, to fully follow him, is our desire to fit in. The biggest obstacle could be for you to, for fully desiring to follow Christ, is often your desire to fit in, to be comfortable. We want to look like the world. We want to actually belong, and that's in our nature. We want to belong, and I hope you understand, if you're a Jesus follower here, God did not call you to fit in. He actually called you to stand out. He never said we're to blend into the things of this world. We're actually told the opposite. We're told to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Peter said, do not conform to the evil desires you have. When you lived in ignorance, now you've been transformed. We're never called to blend in. As Jesus calls, we're actually called to stand out, to be set apart, and be different in the way that we live. And you know, when we look around at normal, I wonder why do we want to be normal anyways? Why do we want to fit in anyways? Because if you've looked around to see what normal is, normal is broken. Normal is tension, right? Normal is fear. Normal is divorce. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is anxiety. Normal is not liking your job. Normal is fighting depression. That's what normal is. And I don't want anything to do with normal. I don't know about you. I don't want anything to do with normal. I want off the normal road. And actually, Jesus said, there is a road that is broad and wide, and many people are on it. But he said, there's a different road, and it's much more narrow. The gate is smaller, and he said, only a few people find it. He said, only a few people are on this road. Broad is the road, and wide is the path that leads towards destruction, but narrow is the road that leads towards life, and only a few people find it. It's my prayer that we would be amongst those few, that we, because of the passion of just a few on this narrow path, that more and more and more people would come to know Jesus because of the passion on, of this few of us on this narrow path. It's not the normal path that, wi- that which moats travel on. God is calling us to be different and to be set apart. So, you know, as we dive in here um, this morning, I just want to just have a disclaimer. This message is not for perfect people. If you're perfect here this morning, this message really isn't for you. Uh, if, you're, if you consider yourself perfect, this isn't for you. And, you know, if you thought, if you're wondering if I'm perfect, I'm about to just set the record straight and let you know that I am absolutely not perfect. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about holiness today. And so I'm going to talk a little bit 
about, I'm going to just share a, just a, a little story that I am not super proud of, but I just want to let you know that this is not for perfect people. So we have three little kids, um, ages six, three, and one. And, you know, we have a lot of messes in our home. There's a lot of mess. I am not phased by mess. We have craft mess, paint mess, all kinds of mess all the time in our home. Um, But there's just this one thing in our home that really brings out the unholy in me. It really brings out kind of the worst part of me. And um, parents, you might relate to this. You might know what I'm talking about. It is slime. Slime. Parents, some of you might know this. Children love slime, and I don't know what it is. It's a fad. Um, our, my kids love slime. It's the worst. It is the worst. So literally, I do not know how we, ha- we bought this. I, I, I am confident I did not buy this. I'm also confident my husband did not buy this because he wants to stay in a loving relationship with me, and he wouldn't be buying this. So it's been gifted to us. Okay, I hide this in our house. I have not thrown it away because it would devastate my children, but I hide it in our house, and my children recently found it. And it's on the, it was on the top shelf. I don't know how they found it. They bring it out, and they're like, Mom, look what we found. I'm like, oh, oh, you found a slime. And they were like, can we please play with it? And I'm like, no, let's do something else. Because what I know will happen, what has happened before, is that this slime that isn't even really coming out, but it's horrible when it, when it does. It's from the, it's, I think it's from the enemy, actually. It's the worst stuff. What happens when this comes out is it gets in hair, and it gets in their clothes, and it gets on the cushions of their seat, and it gets in the, like, the grain of the, our wood floors. It's horrible. And so I was like, no, let's not do that. And they're like, please. And so I was like, okay, these are the parameters. It has to stay on the table, and it has to not get in your clothes or in your hair. And as a rookie mom that I am, I walked away for about 60 seconds, and I came back, and it's in all of the places. All of the places. And, um, and so here's, here's where I made a mistake. As you know, Mama lost it. Mama lost it. And I realized I was losing it when I looked at the beautiful faces of my children. And their eyes were kind of wide. And their faces were kind of pale. And they're like, Mama's lost it. And I, I yelled at my children. And I'm not proud of that. And I was, I was very upset. And some of you, you know, the normal response might be, oh, that's okay. Like, we make mistakes. You know, everybody's been there. It's a normal thing to do. You know, it's normal to get your kids. Maybe it's normal to swear in traffic or yell or yell at our spouse or whatever it is. Whatever the equivalent kind of is for you, it's normal. We say it's okay, it's normal. But the problem is that God did not call us to be normal. And, you know, we can train ourselves, right, not to yell at our kids. But just because the outward behavior changes does not mean that the inner source has yet been transformed by the grace of Jesus. And with that, I just want to talk today about this idea of living holy in an unholy culture. Living holy in our unholy culture. So I want to look again at the words of Peter. He's speaking to a group, again, of very hurting Christians. And, you know, my prayer is that the Spirit of God would speak to us today that would stir you, move you, prompt you, lead you to be set apart because God did not call us to blend in. He didn't call us to be normal. He called us to be different. So let's look again at the word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, um, verse 14, it says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, there was maybe a time when you didn't know any better. And quite honestly, that might be where some of you are like to this morning, here today, you're like, You didn't know any better. You might be doing some of the things that aren't the wisest things, but you haven't yet learned. You haven't yet grown. There was maybe a time when you weren't really accountable as much because you didn't know any better. And now you know 
better. So he said, just as God who called you as what? As holy. He who called you is holy. So be holy in all that you do. And it goes on to say, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. What I hope you notice today is that the text does not say, which is what so many people want to believe that it says. It does not say, be happy in all that you do. Because I'm happy you're called to be happy. Because for so many of us as Christians here in our kind of Western version of Christianity, so many people want to believe that God's highest calling and purpose for us is our happiness, right? The problem is happiness is, is, is often based on happenings, and happenings don't always make us happy. Sometimes happenings can be very unhappy, but there is a greater joy that comes from a deep and abiding relationship with God. I hope you understand. God's highest calling for Jesus followers is not their happiness. His highest calling is their holiness. Happiness is not your highest calling. Holiness is a higher priority, priority for you than your happiness. You know, and the problem with this kind of idea, this theology of happiness, this idea that God wants me to be happy above all else, is this, it empowers kind of this personal justification. We think, well, if God wants me to be happy, then I'm able to do something that maybe would be wrong or unwise. If, if God wants me happy and I'm not happy in my marriage, then I can by all means walk out the door even though we're in a covenant together. You see, what we believe really affects what we do. We see that over and over in humanity. What we believe about things really affect what we do. So if we believe God wants me me to be happy above all else, it affects how we act. If I'm not happy in my marriage, then I can just walk out. Or if I'm not happy because I don't have this thing, then I can get this thing, even if I have to beg, borrow, steal, or go massively in debt because I want this thing and it will make me happy. Or I'm dating someone and, you know, I know we're supposed to wait um, until marriage to engage in God's gift of lovemaking. But, I, you know, I want to be happy. And, you know, we're in love and we're engaged in our hearts. You know, we're married in our hearts. So this is going to make me happy. But what this does, it, it, it empowers you to personally justify something that would be other, otherwise wrong or unwise. You know, when we believe above all else that God wants us to be happy, suddenly discomfort, delay, risk, and inconvenience, could it possibly be God's will? And suddenly, without even knowing it, you know, we start to begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. You know, God is supposed to get me what I want. God is supposed to make me happy. You know, we need to understand God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to actually be holy. And I want to look into that word holy so we look to the original text um, because the original text has a lot more depth. And this, and this letter was written in Greek. So we look to the Greek, and the Greek word for holy is hagios. The word hagios is translated as holy, and it also means different or set apart. It means pure. God is calling us to be different. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to be different. So if you're ever different in the way that you live, you might just be following Christ. Another way to say is if you're not different at all than this world in the way that you live, you're probably not following Christ because they are just, they're, they're opposed to each other. Do you know, Dan and I often talk about our personal kind of philosophy 
We try to be strategic and how we will live different in our culture, how we'll raise a family in this world. Um, we want to engage our culture, but we don't want to be saturated in it. We don't want to conform to it. We don't want our children to conform to it. So when Dan and I were first married, um, we actually chose to not have a television for about the first like year and a half of our marriage. We chose not to have a television. Um, and you know we're newlyweds, like we were just getting to know each other. We thought we don't want to we don't want to start um, creating unhealthy habits. So we just said no. We're just going to not have a television in our home. And we um, we it was awesome. You know we were getting to know each other. We don't need a t- television, and we don't need Net- we don't need Netflix to chill. If you know what I mean, we're just like we're getting to know each other, and so. We are very intentional, and now we do own a TV, and we're still very intentional about what we watch and what we let our kids watch. You know, you, if, as you see, culture is saturating the networks, the media, and Netflix, all of the things. And so we, we're not meant to partake in everything that our culture is putting out. We're actually meant to be different, and this is one of the areas that I feel convicted about, to be different in. Um, and so we actually use, just to get really practical, we use something called Plugged In. Some of you might have heard of it. It's, of it. it's an app, or you can, you can go online and use it. And we actually just enter in a show or a movie that we're thinking about watching, and it gives us kind of a rating um, for what the content is. And some of you are like, yeah, that sounds something like my parents would do. If you're like a young adult, you're like, that sounds something like what my parents Yeah, it is. Do you know why? Because it's really important to know beforehand what is about to come off the screen. You're alone in your dorm room, and you, you better know what is about to come off of that screen. You're letting, you're opening yourself up to it. You better know what is about to come off that screen. And you might say, well, it doesn't bother me. Like, it doesn't affect me. I'm fine. Like, even the, you know, the nudity, the, the graphic violence, whatever it is, it doesn't affect me. But then my worry is, are we numb? Are we so saturated, you know, in our culture that we don't see it for what it is? The good news, though, is that we kind of grow in this. We grow in our awareness of this. We grow up in it. We actually grow towards holiness as we grow closer to Christ. When, when we grow towards Jesus, we become actually more sensitive to the things that we're watching or the things that we're consuming, and so that's just one of the many areas in our family that we um, have chosen to be different. Even if everyone else is watching, we're actually going to be different in this particular area. And not only are we going to be different, but we're going to be intentional about showing your kids the why behind why we are different. Because as parents, if we want to raise kids that are different, we ourselves need to be different. We have to show them how, because they won't have tolerance for it if they don't see it modeled well. They won't do it themselves if they don't see you doing it. Um, so we, we want to model that. And so as God is calling us to be holy, the standards that we set in our family may be a little bit different than the standards you set. And that's not the point. The point is that we should all be seeking God for the standards that we believe would be pleasing to him in our own lives. In fact, Peter goes on to say in verse 14, So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. He says, don't slip back. Don't slip back. Don't fall into trouble. I like that, you know, because, you know, how many of you know you can, you can slip into trouble, but you never really, like, slip into righteousness? Like, I just slipped into righteousness. I just slipped into holiness. Like, you know, we don't slip into health. Like, oh, I just slipped up and I ate broccoli, kale, and quinoa, you know? Like, I just slipped up and I'm healthy. No, it's like, oh, I slipped up and I ate Taco Bell. So if you're like, I ate Taco Bell three times this week. What? 
Like we don't, we don't just slip up and eat kale, quinoa, and broccoli. We slip up when we, we slip up and eat whatever it is. You know, we, we, I hear people say a lot, like I fell into sin. I just like fell into it as if they tripped up in a hole in a pit. And, and you know, I don't really hear people say I, I fell into holiness. You know, but we have an enemy that will cause us to slip up, to trip up and to fall. And your enemy is subtle. He's sneaky and he is real. His name is the devil, the father of lies. He is a liar of all and his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is subtle. He does not come up to you and say, why don't you be a devil worshiper? Why don't you follow me, right? You'd be like, no, I've been warned of you, you know? That's way too obvious. And you'd walk the other way. No, what he does is the same thing that he did in the beginning in the Garden of Eden, in the first book of the Bible. What he did to Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, is what he, he asked this one question. He said, you know, did God really say, don't eat of the fruit? of that tree. Did God really say? And that's how he's going to attack. That's how he's attacking so many people, even in the church today. He asked that question, you know, did God really say, and then just fill in the blank. Did God really say, wait until you're married? You know, did God really say, go to church, to be in community, to pray? Did God really say not to watch that? Did God really say not to listen to that music with those kind of lyrics? You know, did God really say whatever it is? And I hear people say a lot, well, like, I'm a good person. Like, I'm good. And I make good choices. And I'm, like, a lot better than them. I'm a lot better than those people, right? But those people are not the standard. A lot of people are not the standard. God calls us to be set apart, to be different. And you might be thinking, well, holiness kind of sounds unattainable. I can't be holy. Or you might be thinking, oh, doesn't it sound like, it seems a little like self-righteous to think that we could be holy like as God is holy. And to that, I would say, you know, God tells us, be holy as I am holy. Do you think that he would ask us to do something that we could not do? Do you think he would set us up to fail? Or you're like, I, sh- I can't do this on my own. No, we cannot do it on our own. And the good news is that we look to Jesus. Because here's the thing. Jesus was fully man and fully God. And as a full man, he lived here on earth, blameless and pure, without blemish, holy life. So we look to him on the how, how to live holy. We look to Jesus. And some of you are like, well, what does it matter anyways? Like, this whole idea of holiness, what does it matter? I prayed the prayer, I'm going to heaven. Like, what does it matter how I'm living as I'm camping out here on earth? Well, to that I would say, when we're in a loving relationship with someone, what matters to them really matters to us. Like, I'm in a loving relationship with Dan, and what matters to him really matters to me. And so my question would be, how intimate are you with Jesus? How intimate are you with Jesus? Because when you're in that relationship with him, what matters to him really starts mattering to you. What matters to Jesus really starts mattering to me. The closer we get, the more the things of this world lose its appeal, the closer we get to Jesus. We don't even want what the world has to offer. We stop desiring the things that our culture tells us to desire. You know, there's a hymn that I love that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that is so true. When we look to Jesus, everything changes. So I want to look again in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Peter goes on to say, um, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. He's saying it wasn't with these things that you were set free. He says, But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was the sinless Son of God who set you free. It was Jesus that pointed you towards life. It was the risen son who forgave your sins and made you new. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. You know, it all comes back to Jesus and that personal relationship with him. We need to understand that living holy is not the pathway to knowing Christ. It's not, oh, I need to like get my act together to get to God. We cannot be good enough on our own. Living holy is not the pathway to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is actually the path to living holy. And this is so important because suddenly when we know Christ, it's not that we have this list of things to do or not to do, but our heart begins to change. Our insides begin to change. Our identity actually changes. Instead, of, instead it's like, I don't want to do anything that is displeasing to God. You know, when I've been intimate with Jesus, I want to live a life that brings him glory. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if I'm criticized or laughed at. I don't care if it's different because I'm living for an audience of one. Because of who he is and because of what he did, I'm different and I'm proud to be different. And so the key is that we're not talking about some sort of outward behavior modification. What we're talking about is an inward spiritual transformation. It's not, hey, look, now I don't say like bad words. I don't yell at my kids anymore. It's, hey, look, I've actually been changed from the inside out. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. My heart is different. And it's not that I'm trying to be holy. It's now the fruit of the actual Holy Spirit are coming out of me because my roots are now deep in Christ. And so just to get really practical, I wanted to give you a few questions for you to kind of take home, maybe talk them over on your next, at your next meal um, or in your quiet time. And so if you want to do that, you can. You can also just take a picture of the screen. The first question is, what are the three areas I struggle most personally trying to fit in? Just think about it and just be really honest. What are those three areas that I struggle the most trying to fit in? The second question is, when is the time that I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? When, yeah, when is the time I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? When is the time I've chosen my way kind of instead of like God's way? The third question is, what are the biggest ways that I'm different from the world? You know, if you are a Jesus follower, then there's going to be those ways. And I want you to kind of celebrate those ways. How am I different? And the fourth question, this is probably the biggest point of application, is what is the area that God wants me to be different? What is the area that God has shown me that he wants me to be different? You know, we don't just come to church and listen. We're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. We're letting God's spirit kind of speak to us, convict us, to show us and lead us into righteousness. So what is kind of that biggest area that God might be asking you to be different? 
I know this takes intentionality. This does not happen by accident, right? We don't just slip into it. This takes daily dwelling in the word of God, seeking him in his presence. And it's really less about striving and it's more about abiding. It's less about striving and it's more about abiding. It's not really about religion. It's really about a relationship with Jesus. When we abide in Christ, he forms these good fruits in me. From the inside, he's making me more like himself. And because I'm becoming more like Christ, not naturally, but supernaturally by his power, I'm starting to live a life worthy of the calling that he has set before me. Actually, next week, you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk a little bit about calling, about why we're created and what our purpose is here. And Pastor Dana is excited to talk about that. But this morning, it's my prayer that the Spirit of God would do what I cannot do. And that is to kind of show you any area of your life that might be displeasing to him. But it's not out of this obligation, like I've got to try harder. I've got to get my act together. But it's this inward spiritual transformation that happens. Because when we're changed from the inside out, we recognize that living holy is not the pathway to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to living holy. So I just, I want to pray and I just want to seek God together right now. And let's just close our eyes. Let's seek God together. Father, I thank you so much for each person that is here this morning. I thank you for this day. God, I pray that you would reveal, you would do what I cannot do, and you would just reveal in the hearts of each person that know you, God, what area of their life might be displeasing to you so that we can walk in holiness. God, would you raise the standard? Would we make a change? Would we be different? Because we're not like everybody else. We're called to be different. Let us be holy like you are holy, God. So right now, as as we pray, God, I pray that you would just convict us. God, would you nudge us? Would your Holy Spirit do what I cannot do? And if that's you in this room this morning, and you're like, you know, I feel like God's calling me to move forward, to kind of raise the bar, to kind of make a change in my life. I know I've done things, and I know there's forgiveness. And I want this close relationship with him. I want to really let go of the things that are holding me back from closeness with Jesus. And this is for you. If you're a Jesus follower and you're like, I need to like raise the standard and make a change. Would you just raise your hand right now? Would you raise your hand? I'm going to just pray for you. All right, God, I thank you for each person with their hands raised. God, I pray that you would empower them. I thank you that it's not striving. It's actually abiding. Would they be abiding in you, Lord God, with their their roots be deep in you, Lord, as we strive, as we don't strive, as we abide in you, God. Would you change us from the inside out? Would you, would you help us, God, with this spiritual transformation, Lord? I pray that you would do what only you can do, and it's by your power, God. I pray that addictions would be broken in this place. I pray that habits and hangups would be changed today, that we'd walk away with the power because of you, Lord God, to kind of say no, put a stake in the ground and say, you know, I'm going to be different in this world and my family's going to notice and my coworkers are going to notice and my kids are going to notice and I'm ready to make a change. I'm ready to be different. And so God, I pray that you would empower us and help us to be different in this world. Would we not be numb to our culture, God? But would we be different? Would we be sensitive to things that you're sensitive to? Because as we draw closer to you, Lord, we know that you'll reveal the things to us. What matters to you matters to us. So would our hearts be burning with the things that your heart is burning for? 
Would our hearts be, would our hearts mimic your heart, God? And you know, some of you might be here today and you're like, Abigail, you're talking about this spiritual transformation. And I've never experienced a spiritual transformation. I don't have this close relationship with Jesus. You know, you might say, you don't know what I've done. You know, I don't need to know what you've done because what I do know is that Jesus loved you no matter what you've done. You actually could do nothing to cause him to love you any less. You couldn't do anything to cause him to love you less. You know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of his goodness, he sent Jesus, his son, who was without sin. And he died on the cross and forgave us of our sins. And he was raised back to life. And so for those of you who need a new life in Christ, today is your day. You're not here on accident. You're like, I need a new life. I need a transformation. I want a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, if you've never experienced that close relationship with Jesus, every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you this morning, if you've never experienced that personal relationship, would you just raise your hand? You just raise your hand this morning. All right, I'm going to just pray. Jesus, we just surrender to you. This is a prayer. If you want to pray this for the first time, you pray it out loud. And in church, just pray it with me. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I surrender to you. I invite you to forgive me of my sin. Forgive me, Lord so that I can follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for this new life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.